This is Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, episode 290 for the week of February 26th, 2012. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, and extension this week of two, two, two count of two, all encompassing Dragon Ball fan sites out here in my basement here in New Jersey. Dies and Chewy X and friends. And friends halfway across the country joining us through microphones and internets. We have Hujio from Constantine. That's right. What's up, dude? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, yeah. It's Monday, so the work week just started. Yeah, I know. We're uh, we're a little late doing the episode this week, but busy times, busy times. That's how it is. But I'm glad you can join us. We're uh, going to do some Q&As with you this episode, man. Good. I always love those. Excellent. So we got Heath out there. Cross from me, Mary. Thank you for joining us, ma'am. Thanks for having me on the show to take care of some A's. Take care of some A's. <laughs> Or answers, if you will. I love how you phrase things. Uh, Mary joining us and, of course, getting stuffy the instant she comes downstairs. No, not the instant. All day. Oh, okay. Because it was more than 55 degrees out. Spring is getting kick-started. And my nose what? says, hells no. You can hear it in your voice. I know. I'm we'll sorry. see how long you last. You you guys hit 55? We hit yeah. like 60 today. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, man. It's warm out. I'm going to work in shorts. And... <laughs> no. No, I'm not. All right. Uh, Heath, Mary, that leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX, ringleader of this here podcast circus. This week on the show, we're going to do a little mini review. And then we're going to do Q&As. We are not to doing i'm so sorry volume three in our dragon ball gt review of awesomeness we just could not get around to scheduling it this week this is why i should not ever promise anything on the show ever, ever. it just doesn't work instead we are going to talk about the psycho jump dvd from i'm um, confusing months now this is the march issue of psycho jump right well it's february right now so it's either march or april well see that's the thing <laughs> It's always a month ahead. Well, Psycho Jump is, but V Jump is two months ahead. Correct. Because I just got the April issue of that. I'm so confused. We will talk very briefly about the March Psycho Jump bonus DVD because it got two special features on it that people have, well, one of them people have been waiting for. One probably saw like two years ago at this point. It was a thing. Uh, and then we're going to do questions and answers from all the lovely Facebook and Twitter followers. That's what I got. Uh, anything, guys? Got nothing. Nothing? All right, let's do some news. So, hey, there's one news this last week. It's about Dragon Ball. And it's about the Kinect. And it's about Korea and the UK. What about us? <laughs> we don't know yet. And how does it tie back to predictions for 2012, uh, if at all? Man, does it ever. I'm so proud of myself. So the first thing that happened was a new listing for, well, not even a listing, a rating for a Dragon Ball Z Kinect game popped up on the Korean rating board website. That was floating there's out there. There's a website for that? Yeah, there's a website for the Korean. It's like the ESRB, just for Korea. They okay. read things. Mary, yeah. this is the internet age. There is a website for everything. That's true. Come on now. Keep up with the times. It's Korea. They have stuff. They got Dragon Ball online. They're better than us. So that was floating out there for a while. And then the British Board of Film Classification website. Yeah, not the British gaming rating, whatever. They had up a rating for it because this Dragon Ball Z Connect action game for the Xbox 360 supposedly going to include, at least over there in the UK, a 19 minute and 50 second quote special movie end quote Heath bets bets yeah what do you got what do you think place them um, all in five dollars on the pony <laughs> <laughs> I hate you Mary you can't ask me because we've already discussed this yeah, so listen, I know what the right answer listeners is listeners don't know that well we don't have a right answer yet. no but it's the most plausible okay we're thinking uh the Bardock movie which coincidentally happens to be about 19 minutes and 50 seconds right and it's no the special, way. the new the new episode of Bardock. Episode of Bardock, indeed, which we'll talk about in just a little bit here. Uh, so seriously, Heath, what do you think? Speculation, going on here? speculation, not news, folks. Yeah, do well. not misconstrue. Oh, we never misconstrue. Lead people astray. Yeah, I actually am on board with that because that's actually kind of what I was thinking for just the the times, the coincidence, and hey, this just came out and it's new. 
And it's not outside of Japan yet. Right. I want to take it back to uh, our predictions episode at the very beginning of this year. Half wrong, half right. I believe myself. You got one shot out of the water so quick. I was (laughs) shocked. Yeah, but it came back around again. I, a one Mike Vegito EX, said the episode of Bardock would not get a traditional home release. And instead, I don't remember how I phrased it, but I think it said it might get packed in with some video game down the road. And that's how they would incorporate it into other things. I think the very next week is when they announced the Psycho Jump issue is going to have it. But here we go. Not confirmed yet, but Pure speculation. pretty likely here. We shall see. Well, the bigger news here. All right. Episode of Bardock. Great. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z Connect game. Yeah. Mary, your thoughts on this? If Yay. we had a Connect, I would be so down for this. Eh. I don't know if it's enough to make me want to buy Connect. Yeah, but Dan Central, Child of Eden. <gasps> oh, yes. I guess if I have to review Dragon Ball again. Our buddy Joe has already offered to review it uh, with us. Awesome. So looking forward to that. Very cool. I'm excited to see what can be done with the uh, you know, making Kamehameha and a final flash and kids on. Woohoo! The real interesting thing here is Namka Bandai is the one creating this game. The Connect. Not a sensation in Japan. So clearly they're looking at the international market with this game, particularly North America, even though it hasn't been announced for North America yet, just Korea and the UK we know about. So I think that's pretty fascinating. It's not quite the same as when we had things like the Legacy of Goku games or Sagas, which were American created games. This is Namco Bandai in Japan creating the game. But, but it does for a system that no one over there cares about. Right, right. It doesn't seem like the Japanese fan base is going to be their intended audience with this game that's crazy to me good on the fact that they think there's a market to be had is kind of fascinating yeah yeah uh that's the news (laughs) anyone else as it develops like an official announcement that's right mary sound awful over there yeah yeah you think you're exaggerating for effect at this point no i'm not oh all right i'm sorry but you should (laughs) poor me give me Uh, beer yeah i'm drinking the beer without you uh and any final what are you doing anyone have any final thoughts on this uh connect news i just think it'll be interesting to see how it pans out yeah because i know a lot of people have brought it up just over the years when when they started to come out with a lot of this motion technology yeah i mean we've had motion controls with the sparking games on the wii right but that's it i don't think the raging blast games incorporated anything that was multi-platform well And then even in Japan, they've had um, multiple games kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. Specifically for the Kamehameha. Right. Just plug into the TV games. Right. And you'd have a thing that you'd have to put on your hand. Right, right. You know, you, you were connected with a cable there was but. a dragon ball one piece crossover motion let's play tv game something like that right yeah yeah nice so i mean it's out there it's been done before right. but this will be the first time where hey i don't have to strap anything on and go do this all right there's your outtake confirmed heath not a fan <laughs> of the strap-ons so i guess we're done with the news here let's talk a little bit about psycho jump dvd in lieu of our Dragon Ball GT review of Awesomeness, I'm sorry we couldn't get around to it, but we do have a little review. I don't know how long this is going to be. I've already got the full written review up over on Daisenshu EX, but I did want to talk briefly about the March Psycho Jump issue because it came with a bonus DVD that contains Plan to Eradicate the Super Saiyans and Episode of Bardock. At this point, if you don't have it, Tough shit. Uh, I guess you could enter our contest. Do you pay attention? We have a contest. We do. You weren't here last week. Julian bought an extra copy. We're giving away. Oh, nice. Copy of the magazine, the DVD. Uh, Next week. So if you're listening during the week, make sure you pay attention or just visit the website, get the details. Oh, geez. What is there to say about this? You probably have read the review by now. Heath, do you have any quick initial or even not quick in-depth thoughts on this? Um, well, I know we kind of bantered about on Twitter a little bit. But my biggest thing for this release was the fact that we know they have a really good copy and the encode is not all that great. All right. Hold on. Hold on. And do, wait, wait, wait. Do track. we know that they have a good copy? I'm convinced someone at Shueisha exported a 360p flash file and tossed out the master. Uh, no, I'm sure they have to have it. They have to have it. I don't know, man. They have to have it, Mike. <laughs> I don't trust them at this point. I don't. I just don't. All right. So episode of Bardock has some video issues. Yes. We'll talk about that. Plan to eradicate the super science has some audio issues. Right. So those are those are my two uh, pet peeves. Other than that, you know, everything else is more arbitrary, which is just me. Like, I don't I don't like the fact that they gave me a DVD cover and then folded it <laughs> in know. the wrong place. That, 
really annoyed me to no end, but at least right. it's the back cover, so it's not yeah, really yeah. that big of a deal. And it's just me being anal. No, no, I'm with you, though. At the end of the day, it seems like it's really convenient just to have these two little featurettes on a disc. Yep. They can just play mm-hmm. at your leisure. Mm-hmm. Even if they look in salic ass. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you paid five, what was it, 480 yen, so about five, six bucks yep. for this. Of course, the shipping was probably up around 16, 17, 20, 30. What is it like? Yeah, depending on where you live. <laughs> shipping rate on this if you ordered it online. So for a cheap DVD, it's not like we can ask for much, but I don't know. With no better home release on the horizon you kind of have to ask for more on what they're given here you know we'll say that the copy that came with the video game a couple years ago is yes way better looking well that's the thing plan to eradicate the super sciences sort of had a home release that came as a, a pack-in on raging blast 2 it was on the game disc itself and they tied that in kind of nice with hachi hyak in the remake of the special he was a playable character in the game so it, it kind of acted as the story mode for the game itself on the game disc it was in hd and it had proper stereo sound and for us international fans it was subtitle so sort think, of uh, kind of dub dub titles but what this tells us even though there wasn't a dub we were making fun of this when we did the disc. Yeah, yeah. So two of us are fully convinced people in Japan don't know how to make DVDs. Oh, yeah. I'm fully convinced. Oh, they do not We've talked about this forever. I mean, you go back to when Kai was first coming out on DVD. Our buddy Mark had the greatest screenshots. What's crazy is the Blu-rays looked fine. The DVDs are terrible. I'm convinced they don't know how to make DVDs. They have an intern somewhere going... Um, uh, like we just discovered the Windows 7 built-in DVD maker program, probably use that. Although I don't think that does anamorphic, so maybe they had like something slightly better than I that. I remember when they first announced the Dragon Boxes, they even said um, that they were going to have picture labels on the disc. Right. And they only noted it because in Japan, apparently, there are never picture labels on discs. No. Nope. They would just come blank. It's a bullet oh. point. It's like... you're. Are you serious? Interactive <laughs> menus. <laughs> and ever since then, they've they've listed that for almost every Dragon Ball, or yeah, basically every Dragon Ball release after they that. Sure it's have. a feature. All right, so let's talk more specifically here. Episode of Bardock has video compression problems to a pretty insane degree. One and of considering, the h- okay, you can't even yeah. say it's just the limitations of the media. No, because it's Because these are just two pretty short features. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we got Blu-ray nowadays, but a DVD could still hold a fair amount of space. So I mm-hmm. don't think, oh my God, they're maxing out their space. That's why it's compressed so poorly. No. no, here's the crazy thing. Both features run at a very, very high bit rate. I'm seeing an average of about eight megs for both. That's more than sufficient on DVD. One of the highlights of episode of Bardock was the final fight between Bardock and Chilled. Had some great animation in there. You look at that, you're seeing giant macro blocks going on, even though the bitrate is that high. So something we've talked about, this comes from the AMV world that we've learned this, but if you're into video at all, you only get back what you put in. So this means that they put in a garbage version to encode for the DVD. Like the Flash video. Like the Flash video. I'm I'm like 80% convinced right now that someone just encoded the Flash video for the DVD. It's a little sharper than that, so probably not. But Yeah. I I can say I agree with that, but I still say at some point when they made this, there has to be an original version at a higher resolution. I mean, I'm sure there is. It's just they didn't use it <laughs> to make this. And considering it was a throw into a magazine. Yeah. How much effort do you really think they put Which into it? Which was my theory right. of, hey, we're we're doing this together. We don't have time to get this from Toei, so we're just going to use what we got. Right. And they just went with it. So there's that. It is what it is. Let's talk about plan to eradicate the Super Science real quickly. So episode of Bardock has video issues. Super Science has audio issues, sort of. You might not even recognize it. I got to say the video on this was perfectly fine. I mean, it's downscaled from what was originally HD. So so you're losing something there in, in the process down to DVD. But it looks fine. Everything's bright and clear and no real macro blocking going on. The audio, and it is actually our Japanese buddy K17 who noticed this, it's encoded in mono. Whoa. And I confirmed it. I loaded it up. I inverse the tracks. And when you play it, nothing. That means it was encoded in mono. In 2012. In 2012. For something that was in stereo two years ago on a video game disc. Crazy. I don't understand. 
this seems to me more of just uh, someone screwed up somewhere. Oh, well, it's not that big a deal. But no, it's not. But it's just weird. And for like audio and video files like us, we just eat it up with a spoon. Like, ha ha, look what they did. Yeah. Lols, they made a bad DVD. Oh, wait, I only paid $6 for it. So Plus can you really complain about it? I don't know. I guess we can because we are. That's our job. I don't know. What else is there to say about it? Do you want to say anything about what it was packed with? I mean, our joke was not buying a magazine. You're buying a DVD. They came with a bonus magazine. So Yeah. Yeah, basically. I don't know. Heath, you already talked about the... it's kind of nice. They packed in a cover for it because the DVD itself was just in this little uh, glued sleeve thing. But it did come with a properly sized uh, slip cover that you could put into a DVD case, uh, a regular sized DVD case, not a thin pack case. But to fit it in the magazine, it was folded in the middle of the back cover. So uh, I don't know. Well- that's what I was going to... Because they, they did fold it yep. a little bit toward the front, right where the seam is supposed to be. Right, right. But then they also fold it in the back, so it's folded twice. Yeah, well... It's like, ah... It but fit in there yeah, nicely. Yeah, you, you normally don't even get these ever, so I was really surprised when pictures started floating around. Yeah, yeah. It's good so, to see. Good to see. Yeah. So I'm not really complaining, even if it sounds like I am, because it... It is pretty cool to have it because you can actually put it in a DVD case, which it doesn't come with, so you have to find one on your own. But still, you can put it up on your shelf, which is a lot nicer than trying to keep this DVD in this little tiny sleeve. Yeah, or I know. In a jewel case. Right, right. Where do you put it? Um, but it does. It wasn't even was yours wasn't perforated, was it? You had to actually like kind of cut it out. Or yeah, something. that was the thing. I was hoping it would be, but you had to tear it out. It did have a little buffer toward the binding of the book. I brought it to work. We had, I don't know what you call those those big paper slicers, paper slicer things, so I could get a mm-hmm. nice even cut on it. But if you don't have access to one of those, you got to bust out the scissors, and I hope you can cut or straight. Or the Exacto knife. Oh, Exacto knife will work pretty well too. Yeah. Razor blade. If you don't care about all the pages behind it. So uh, it came with a, a card as well, the magazine issue, and there's a chapter. And it had a bunch SD of one piece I've stuff. I loved all the one piece stuff. Oh, yeah, it's been loaded. I bought the February issue as well that came with some kids' gloves, like winter gloves. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're really loading up these psycho jump issues with crap. Uh, phew, what else is there to say? It was a cheap DVD. If you didn't get it, enter the contest. Yes, there you go, sales pitch. All right, so I guess we're done here. What we're going to do now is turn it over to your questions. Uh, let's start on Twitter first. Here's an easy one. My buddy Albert says, Did you guys get the Psycho Jump issue with the DVD yet? Wouldn't mind hearing a little audio review of that. One done. Oh, Checked so off. easy. All right. Next, I'll just read this. Onikuno says, uh, why those evil bastards of Funimation let Dragon Boxes go out of print makes me cry. Don't want to pay $300 for Namek Saga. I don't know. They they made a projection on what they thought they could sell and they sold it. Done. Hence that survey that came out recently. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Hopefully. Do you want more? Hopefully they will make more. Heath, there anything else to say about this? I mean, they sold what they projected. Sorry? Yeah, that was that was basically it. And they knew it was a finite market. It wasn't all of Dragon Ball fandom was going to buy these. So that was that was the biggest thing. I'm actually happy to see. I mean, I'm sorry for the folks that didn't get around to getting them. But I'm really happy to see that they sold as Funimation projected they would. Whatever they thought that market was, 50. you guys bought them. 50? So, okay, it's probably more than 50. Yeah, <laughs> not quite 50. Uh, Which is probably a good thing for any future releases, especially since they came out with that survey. Right, right. So they've got some market data, some hard market data to bank on, and then some... Except that I lied about my age. <gasps> what, did Vanity. You did you? Why'd you do that? No. I would never You're do that. You're a terrible man. All right, I'm going to read another one here. Our buddy Randy Sailwolf. Gohan's unlocked potential. Is it a permanent thing or can slash does he lose it after so long? I'm going to go to Mary first. What is your thought on this? Because we have multiple times that some dude says, hey, Gohan, come over here. I know. It's like, did they find some leftover potential hidden in a corner somewhere? Uh Uh-huh black recesses of like his earlobe uh so what do you think that's tough i've never really thought about that before but now that i think about it i guess it is kind of irksome how can they keep unlocking his potential well they never come right out and say oh he lost it we have to go get it back well it's bottomless yeah i think it's (laughs) bottomless it's a bottomless pit of gohan 
of Gohan. Of potential. What do you think, Keith? Well, is he talking specifically about like Rokaioshin or... Yeah, because we have Saichiro, the great elder on Namek, and then we mm-hmm. have the old Kaioshin who does his dance around him for what, like 12 it's hours? Like every time it gets unlocked, then he kicks ass for a little while, but then somebody else stronger comes along and he starts losing again, but then Goku shows up and then it's all good. Well, and you can also say in the meantime, the six to seven years, he kind of slacked off on his training. Multiple people said that. That's true. So maybe he needed some artificial, hey, get over here, let me put my hand on your head for a while, or do a jig around you. Well, and then what? We have the fact that from what we've seen, you know, after he goes through the unlocking process with Rokaioshin, then he fights Boo, but that's about it. We never really see him do much again ever until GT, and even that, a lot of people don't even count when he's fighting because they're like, oh, why'd he go Super Saiyan? That doesn't make any sense. And then you get all these wonderful debates. OMG, he lost his mystic. <laughs> so that that's my answer is the fact that I don't think it's bottomless, but we only see it get unlocked towards the end of the series and then he never has to use it again because Vegito comes around and he's absorbed. Yeah, I think it's a combination of clearly the intent was to have the half science, half humans have more potential and have more raw power, but Toriyama couldn't really write it well that way, the way he wanted to. So he kind of does it, then abandons it. And he's like, oh, I had a great idea once. Let me, uh, never mind. I'm just going to fuse some dudes. Well, and Toriyama would always go back to Gohan in that way. Right, of, right. Let's, uh, I'm going to reuse him yep. as much as I can. I mean, Goku's just all about the training, but Gohan, he just inherited all of his power little bastard that's right joe asks who are the most popular characters during the series run and how do they compare between japan and north america heath i gotta go to you do you have any of these polls up anywhere in constant that's what i'm looking for i think you have something somewhere i guess while you're looking I for have that guesses. you have guesses go ahead the goku is always going to top the charts in both countries no matter what uh-huh yeah, that's a pretty good guess. Vegeta probably ranks better here than in Japan. I think Japan probably favors Piccolo a little more. Mm. And then I would reverse the two that I just said for both countries for the third spot. Gotcha. Then Gohan for probably both countries. Uh, I'm sure that one of the American Shonen Jumps did a character poll at some point. Oh, yeah, totally. Just a matter of digging that up. So hopefully someone can find that. Heath, I'm pretty sure you have something on the site for Japanese. Oh, is it on the site? I don't know. I thought it was. You have I shit. I was looking on the forum. You translate stuff, um, right? I, I did come uh, across the Oricon. Uh, here we go. Okay. Top 10 manga that changed manga history. Toriyama got number two and that filled like 30 seconds. Well, that doesn't really answer the question, but... No, it doesn't. <laughs> I guess we'll have to come uh, back to go. that. You get something? Uh, here we go. This is from 1993 Weekly Jump number 12. Okay. They did a character popularity poll. So this is around chapters 201, 205. Give people gotcha. An idea. Um, in first place was Gohan. Huh. And then going downward, we had Goku in second, Trunks in third, Vegeta, and then Piccolo was in fifth place throwing new theories right out of the wow but then and and that is you know around the time where gohan does become more of the central figure and i do remember when jake and i talked about the intended endings that stuff did flip-flop toward the end of the series and the question Mm -hmm. was did toriyama adapt because of the popularity polls or did the popularity polls adapt because of toriyama's changing whims for who's going to be the main character so so then from 93 which uh volume 12 so we're up around end of March, early April. By the time we hit early 1995, near the end of the series, uh, in first place, we have Goku. Gohan has completely fallen off yeah, the list yeah. of the top five. And then we have Vegeta, Trunks, Gotenks, and Piccolo. Ah, Gotenks got all the way huh. up there. Interesting. All right. Well, there's some information. Hope that helps. Thank you. Where'd you find that? On the forum somewhere? Yes. I just searched for character popularity poll. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We'll have to archive that stuff somewhere at some point. Nathan asks... The Dicey X Wiki. Any updates worth talking about? Maybe any estimations on when it will possibly launch? Let's say April 1st. Like 2015? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) April 1st, insert year here. I don't know. Hope Inagato DeVita is listening. You know he is. He's like, ah, you bastards, just get it done. I don't know. We're totally still working on stuff. There's a lot of things to plan out, um, technical things and probably raising money at some point. So stay tuned. We, we are definitely working on it. It's, uh, it's a pipe dream. 
But it's coming. It's coming. Kieran asks, here's a podcast question. If you could pick anything for Dragon Ball to cross over with, what would it be? And it can't be One Piece, obviously. Oh. Well, I could point to any one of my written as a 15-year-old fanfics that I wrote. <laughs> what do you got, okay, Maybe Mary? not 15, oh maybe like 16 Sailor or Moon and Ranma yes. and Tension. Yes, it was Sailor Moon and Ranma. Of course it was. Oh, and then and then I drew some fun. Fun? I drew some fan manga with uh, Fushigi Yugi and, and Ranma and, and Trunks thrown in there. Too. And Trunks was there. And Trunks was there too. <laughs> but why do you have to insert Trunks into everything? Because he belongs there. Oh. Fabulous. Uh, for serious. No, no, you are done answering at this point. No, I have to have a serious, serious okay. answer. Like, All right. What would Dragon Ball fit really well with? Why can't we say One Piece? Because been there, done that. So do you have a serious answer? <laughs> Sailor Moon and Ranma. I don't know. <laughs> when I think about it, those two would crack me up. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they got powers. Everyone's got powers. That's the reason why you have to do it, because it doesn't make any Mary, sense. Mary, Sailor and the Seven Balls. Done. All right. There we go. All right. Heath, we go over to you. Do you have a serious answer? Serious answer? Yeah. Oh, man. I have a lot of non-serious answers. I think Kenshin would actually be kind of funny just to see that. But I agree. I don't know how it would work. But uh, yeah, I don't either. Um, except if uh, Yadrobe showed up, and <laughs> I would kind of like that. He's just some dude on the street causing problems. Be a lot of sword fighting. Yep. Yep. Okay. And oh, and then um, I guess my serious answer then would be um, Tenchi Muyo. Why? Why do you want to Why throw not? Dragon Ball into a harem? Well, I could have gone with like Big O or something. <laughs> yes. Just for the hell of it. I want to see. Find Gundam. How about Gundam? We'll do Dragon Ball yeah. Gundam. Because they can survive in space, and so then they could only battle Frieza and his minions. <laughs> I like it. And then, see, Apul would be there, and he would eventually <laughs> take over. Jeez. All right. Um, okay, can I just like... say Dr. Slump and be done? No. That's like the same thing. And Arale is stronger than everyone else in the Dragon Ball universe anyway. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I feel like it kind of has to be another Toriyama property, though. No, does not. It's uh, not fun at all. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be another jump property, at least. Kind of Naruto. Fitting. No. Too obvious. Yu, Yu Hakusho. That'd be cute. Street Fighter. Yeah, I talked about my 14-year-old fanfic at some point didn't i, I? know <laughs> pretty sure i did it wow was like a page long before i realized wow. i'm stupid i didn't realize i didn't know i, didn't I had akuma How? goki and cell fuse it, it was a thing i want to know more <laughs> it was saved on <laughs> my mac 2ci which means it no longer exists thank goodness oh god no i more. have the hard copy of mine in See, the dungeon right behind me um for serious answer I don't know. I I would kind of like to see Goku just inadvertently somehow end up in the Fist of the North Star huh. universe. I was kind of thinking that too. Because he's such a stark contrast to that world, and that Ooh, would amuse me. That's a good one. So that's what I got. So you win the podcast today. Uh, Heath, I win the podcast every week. Come on now. Oh, that's not. And if I don't, I can edit it so I do. Heath, why don't you uh, ask a couple of these questions here on Twitter? On Twitter. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with uh, Kuhan here. We have, if there was a DiZX band, who would play which instruments? All right. I've got this all planned out. Are you ready for this? All right. Okay. All right. I can't sing. So I, my answers are halfway realistic and halfway just what I think people's roles are. I feel like... I don't know. I'm the front man of Dizen Chewy but I couldn't be the front man of the band. I can't sing. No one enjoys hearing this. Jeff is going to be our yes. charismatic, yes. leading singing front man. Exactly. But he's also the it. front man that leaves after the show and you don't see him anymore. He just kind of disappears. I would play the drums. Yes. Because I'm the backbone of everything. You keep the beat steady. I, I do. I keep the beat steady. And you break drum sets, apparently. <laughs> I do. I break drum sets and drumsticks on a regular basis. That's me. I vent my frustration in rock band. Mary, I think you're going to have to play the keys. Yay! That's just what I wanted. Because I knew I wasn't going to get drums. Mary, you were keys in harmonies. I'll take it. All right. Julian is the bass of the group, so he's going to play the bass. 
I, I don't know. That's my reasoning. And then we have other roles to fill. Heath, because you're kind of like the second leading man, I guess you would be okay. lead guitarist. Sweet. And maybe you could do some of the backing vocals uh, occasionally. And I guess that just leaves Jake with doing the uh, rhythm guitar, just kind of plugging along, always there, making things, making sure things happen. He would happen. also play any eccentric instrument. He would. Like the triangle. <laughs> or the bongo. Or the guitarist and the bongo player. I'm well into yeah. my beer at this point. I'm talking about band members. I don't know what's going on. And then we need roadies. We do need it. Well, we've got Corey. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's going to be the manager. He's the guitar tech for reals. Oh, yeah. Okay. He is for reals. So that fixes that. Do we have any other roadies? I don't know. I don't know. I think Mark, we could get lots of people to be roadies. I guess Mark here. could be one of the creeper roadies. I don't know. Why do we need creeper roadies? <laughs> <laughs> Did I not answer the question? You did, and that was skillfully done, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Does I, anyone I have was any... really hoping for the keys, yeah. Okay, I good. wanted the drums, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Oh, not happening. No one would ever touch the drums after Mike was there. Does anyone have any other recommendations or suggestions for this band? We need a promoter and a manager. Manager? Oh, shit. And a bus driver. <laughs> bus driver. <laughs> I don't know. We need people to fill these roles. I guess we can work on that. If you really want to, <laughs> I don't know. If you want to leave forum responses on who's in the band, I guess rather than contributing valuable content and insight <laughs> and discussion, we can talk more about the band. I kind of want to move on to some other good questions okay. here. Oh, thank you. Kaiser Neko asking real questions. Would you be interested in seeing an animated series slash special built off of the Dragon Ball Online timeline, either during or after? <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Fuck yes. Yes. Mary, A thousand times yes. You will take my money and I will... Give them more money to make it. Mary will pay for the entire series. <laughs> I will. I'll fund it. So, Mary, you weren't here when Julian and I talked about the Dragon Ball Online leading up to Timeline that Jake recently translated, but you heard a lot of story bits from it. So are you more interested in all those events that lead up to Dragon Ball Online or then the Dragon Ball Online story itself from Age 1000 onward? I guess all the pre-stuff. Yeah. But I would eat up everything with a spoon if they were willing to make it. Okay. But I guess if I had to choose between the two, it's all the pre. All right. I have to agree. Scott gives us an easy question here. Would you be interested in? Yes. yes. Done. Yes. Keith, do you want to embellish any more than that, though? I think we just did. I I just, I eat everything up that's uh, going to have anything to do with a storyline predating a lot of Dragon Ball. Yeah. Because there's just nothing... I mean, there's. it's not that there's nothing there, because there's stuff there. We just don't know it, and it's not really spelled out very clear until now. We're getting more tidbits over time, like from the super exciting guides with the Shinjin, the Golden Apples, and the Ma Kaioshin. There's stuff in there that we could see. Like, who was the first Ma Kaioshin? Who was the one who left and formed this other realm? I mean, there's so much stuff they could do, and I would eat it up, especially knowing where it came from. Yeah. And, yeah. and yet we get pre-existing character make his hair go gold. His kids love oh, it. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked we have not gotten a Super Saiyan 3 Broly special yet. I mean, oh. they're throwing them in everything. Mm. Did, Give it Did time. You put that in your New Year's. Yeah, save it for 2013. Yes. Yeah, I guess I got to hold on. on to it if we don't get it this year. All right, Heath, I got a question for you because you're Mr. Manga Man. I, I don't know why. I'm just, just assigning you this role okay. at this point. Our, Jake is Manga Man. Well, I know, but he's not here, so you inherit this role. Our buddy Fred wants to know what's the real deal on Bulma's hair color? Is this a what's the red Vegeta deal? deal that they just didn't fix? Shouldn't anime trunks have teal hair? Heath, what's the deal? What's the deal? With what's hair? Hair? Wow, you guys are so good as Jerry Seinfeld. Like a merged <laughs> couple of Jerry. Um just kind of creepy. It's an asexual Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> creepy. Um, look at you laughing at your own jokes just like he does on the show. Uh anyway, serious business. Dragon Ball. Come on. Okay, serious business here. Um, Can't have too much fun. Not allowed. Court order. Well, at the beginning of the series, it basically looks like he switched between paint colors. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> I guess you can go with that. There's your answer. Well, we did have a nice nod in the 10th anniversary movie when she had manga color hair. Mm-hmm. Freaked me it's, out. It's kind of weird when you look through... Uh, the manga specifically because 
her hair color does even change there just when Toriyama's drawing it's it. different every color and chapter. It's just kind of one of those things that he never quite makes the paint color back up right, something like that. And it's almost like the anime ran with it and just did whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I really don't know from that standpoint, because typically for the anime, they pick standard set colors, and they use those throughout whenever they can. Anything that drastically changes is usually because cells degrade or the film's degrading, right, something right. like that. But this has nothing to do with that. Right, this would have degraded evenly over the course of the series. This was mm-hmm. just, they, right. they went with the bluish color and... This, they just kind of switch it off, and it's almost not even... I know later on in Dragon Ball Z specifically, the they had a credit that was called Color Coordination, uh. but that kind of existed prior yeah. to that. It was just never really credited, and you'll see it a lot now more with digital animation mm. because the colors can be so precise. Right. I mean, they just give you an RGB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what you use for that. Yeah, and, and we know they actually write those on the character design sheets, so yep. they're set in stone at this point uh but back in the day when everything was done by paint it kind of varied and maybe somebody mixed their paint a little different and when you get a lot of those i'll say brighter tone colors you can get some very differences you'll specifically note it when you see goku's uh dogi yeah how the orange Mm kind of switches and that's also not because of any degradation that's happened it's you have different finishing touch artists using different types of color because there are even some episodes where the orange won't match up through the entire run and that's when you have you know like 12 people coloring in one single episode on celluloid sheets and we've got some great figures of yellow dogi goku i love that stuff Mm -hmm. they pay attention more reddish more orange yep it's all over the place so so maybe we answered the question yeah so from that standpoint i think uh i mean it's pretty clear i just think it's funny when you look from the standpoint of in the manga it is all screwed up already. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at the anime and it gets even more screwed up. At least it's consistent in the TV version. Mostly. Yes. All right. So as we wrap up those Twitter questions, Mary's going to take off because she can't breathe. Uh, I think that really just means she wants to go play more Kanamari. She just rediscovered Kanamari forever last night while I was doing some site work. And uh, I don't think I'm going to see her for the next month. So Heath, you and I are going to turn over to Facebook questions. All right. So Heath, the first question here from Kanto wants to know why GT was only 64 episodes and why not more? Well, tough question because it was 97. We don't have the kind of answers that we have nowadays and even nowadays we don't have answers um the prediction is i've always put it um because from the anime standpoint you look at a lot of it uh ratings were not all that great uh dragon ball had already been on tv for what 15 years 10 years 86 to 97 yeah so it's just like a lot of people in japan and this is how the story goes we're kind of tired of Dragon Ball at that point. And when especially Toriyama sort of just dropped out of it, a lot of people kind of went with it. Yeah. So um, we we do know because I, I've seen Weekly Jump issues, and I actually own one of them, uh, with a lot of the promo stuff for it. And Toriyama drew some promotional artwork for it, which some episodes were based yeah, sure. off of. But even when these came out, they did not know where the series was going. And in this specific uh, weekly Shonen Jump that I have from 96, it was early on in the series, uh, I believe sometime around February, March, when it first kicked off, uh, they had basically a question mark over a lot of villains faces because they didn't know who the next bad guy was going to be Mm. and they would promote things as what's going to happen in the upcoming episodes we don't even know and things like that and it just seemed very thrown together and i know there have been many many rumors which are unfounded but i tend to believe uh of you know certain arcs like the super 17 arc was originally supposed to be longer than what it was but ratings started to drop so then they quickly switched it around and you get a lot of things like that and a lot of it really is speculation and since we live in the digital age and it wasn't really so much then as it is now it's kind of hard to tell exactly what happened because we don't have anything that's solidified in front of us that we can look at one rumor i did want to not so much ask about because i I mean we kind of know but a rumor that was always out there was they intended to end gt much earlier but kept it going because final bout wasn't ready to come out yet and they wanted to still have the show on tv for when final bout came out in late 97 you think there's anything to that i really don't um 
you'll see it nowadays they'll still release something after a tv series or a tv show has ended yeah because yeah. it's already in production and they yeah, if right. they've already sunk money into it it's coming out whether people are going to buy it or not they want it to come out so they can at least recoup yeah, some of their yeah, costs yeah. if they're that late into production and sounds like final bout was kind of a crazy production from start to finish well and you can if if you've ever played it you can tell it's not the most well put together. <laughs> that game, game is still 30% complete. Oh, what a shame. All right. So, man, a lot of people have GT questions on Facebook. I'm not entirely sure why that is. Hmm. Maybe a review. I'm sorry, guys. Um, awesome. All right. So, Tim wants to know what do you guys think it is about Toriyama's writing that makes a story like Dragon Ball so good, but when someone else writes it, such as GT, it turns out bad? That really is a million dollar question. And I think if we knew, mm-hmm. we would have that million dollars. We try to put it in words. We've tried these last two GT episodes. and I know a lot of our forum commenters and all of you guys on Twitter and Facebook, we're all trying to figure out what is it about that. What does Toriyama do that's so different from what other people do with the series? And It's just his writing style. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way things are done, and I don't know. Is it his haphazard writing style? Are they trying to be too strict with how they're doing it? Is this by the books production? Yeah, that's kind of my thought. I mean, because we know for a fact that he would not really plan out chapters. Don't know what's happening next week. I'll learn when you do, kids. Yeah. So that could be part of it. Um, You also have the fact that he, you know, his editors were really good yeah and they would help out with a lot of things uh but then you also think from the standpoint of this is an anime only and if you actually look at who is involved in the anime the majority of the people on the story side of things were not involved with dragon ball or dragon ball z Mm, okay um because like uh let's see well i guess aya matsui who was the main scenario writer Mm -hmm for gt was involved with z oh yeah sure but uh takao toyama left who had done all of dragon ball and dragon ball z toyama and almost of all so of much. the movies yeah so from that standpoint you know he's not around anymore uh they changed all the producers a lot of the fuji tv guys left and the directors changed musical score changed there's really a not a lot that that associates one with the Elder series, yeah, yeah, I guess is a good way to put it. Just to tie it back to what you're talking about, editors, and we know it wasn't always current editors. It was, you know, longtime colleagues and friends. And this is something we talked about during the manga review of Awesomeness. Some of what we thought was Toriyama's best work was when one of those editors or colleagues reeled him in and said, this is good, but here's a direction I think you might want to take this in. And some of that stuff we thought was absolutely golden. So I think it was a combination of having Toriyama involved and just having some of that out side input so for another serious question steven wants to know what dragon ball character do you think had the most radical change appearance and attitude going from z to gt now i know a lot of people want to say goten goten absolutely but he had that at the end of z those uh the time skip there he was all about the girls there so i don't know that goten would be my answer i'm gonna think about it while you uh toss out an answer heath i'm gonna throw out vegeta you think so which i know which I know a lot of people will be like, oh, that's a pretty standard answer, or I don't agree with that. Yeah. But if you think towards the end of the series, he's just, oh, he's a dad, and he's just kind of there, and Goku's number one, and whatever, you know, I'm just going to enjoy myself on Earth for a while. That's what we think of, but he yeah. had this whole, I can't stand where I am anymore, I want to return to where I was, mm-hmm. I'm going to allow Bobbity to semi-take me over. So Vegeta's struggling, those two sides there, this, I'm extremely comfortable here, I can totally dig this yep. living on Earth thing. I can't stand what I've become. And I think that maybe that jump to GT is radical because he kind of comes around and it's, yeah, I'm cool, whatever. Yep. And it's it's just kind of more of a lax Vegeta than we've ever really seen. Yeah, yeah. And then you see different sides of him, of him shaving and, hey, look, now he has you know, facial hair and <laughs> things like that. So, you know, I, I think I'd go with that. Um, yeah, you, like you said, it's a standard answer, but I think it might be the best one. I think I mean, there are other ones that you could you could debate over, but at, you kind of come to the same 
same point, I think. I mean, Mr. Satan hasn't really changed. No, no, no. Um, but then you have Oob, and it's like, well, we didn't really know him before. <laughs> right, so who's to say what he is? So, well, I mean, I guess he was technically, like, kidnapped and forced to train. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Then apparently never went back to protect his village. Um, Oops, sorry. Let me ask you this. What do you think about Videl? And I say that only because, I mean, and I haven't seen all of GT or getting there. How becomes more of like a motherly figure. She's just totally a housewife. And even, but I feel like there's precedent for that. I think back to movie 12 when she's helping Chi Chi do the dishes and Chi Chi makes that comment of, oh, you're going to be such a great wife someday. And she blushes and she drops a plate. And then she drops more plates and she knocks them all over. So I think there's a little bit of her in there. But I also feel like she totally just, someone took her balls. Oh, yeah. That I do buy. Uh, I'm going to skip Jaren's uh, question here. What do you think about the ending to GT? We're going to get to that in our review of Awesomeness, so I don't want to spoil things here. So, Heath, why don't you pick up again with Liam? All right. Of all the changes made to characters in GT... God damn it, more GT. Well, it's okay. I like it. I like it. Are there any characters you would have taken in a different direction? Hmm. I think there's there's a lot they could have done with Oob. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) the setup is completely there. Yeah, definitive answer. Even by Toriyama. And, of course, we have to go back to Goku. They dropped him. They totally dropped him. I forget what it was in response to, but our buddy Kaboom had a great response to something about Oob. I, I want to pull it up because it's just written so well. It was actually the thread where Jake was talking about revamping his timeline thread. And I want to read what Kaboom wrote here in regard in regards to Oob. It says, Take the Legend of Zelda approach and assume the timeline splits three ways at the end of the manga. There'll be one branch where Oob sucks... GT, one where he doesn't suck, Nekomajin, and one where he apparently never existed, Dragon Ball Online. That is a very good. I think that sums up Oob uh, perfectly, and just specifically the way he was handled. Like, did, what? I don't even know. I don't know what to say. No. Do you have any other characters that you think of when you're like, oh, I would have done this a little differently? I know a lot of people, even for this one, say Vegeta. Um, not, but, um, and again, I haven't seen all of the baby stuff, so I'm going to get to that. But I mean, I know all the events that happened. I think mm-hmm. that was good enough. I think more to all the side characters that, oh, here, here they are in GT episode 64. Yamcha looks up in the sky and Tenshin Han's in a waterfall. Could have done. I wanted Tenshin Han to come in and have the obligatory, I'm saving someone for a moment. With a Kiko. Yes, exactly. And I don't think we got anything like that. So no. But Oob's the definitive answer there, really. I think it is. Okay. All right. Jose asks, in your opinion, what do you think is worse? Dragon Ball Z movie 4 and 11 or GT? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I didn't even see the uh, GT part. I thought it was just 4 or 11. GT has more good things going for it. It's spread over a longer period of time. I'm just going to separate 4 just in and of itself. It's the worst production. 11 isn't great, but it's got bits of comedy and humor, like someone licking someone's butt and one of the other boys thinking it's the other boy. And I don't know. That's funny. That amused me for a while. Butt slap. And and we get a Kianzan. He saves his wife. Good times. I mean, some other characters. Mr. Satan is thrown in the mix. 11 is bad, but at least I can watch it. Four to this day, I'm pretty sure I've only seen it three or four times. Heath once was with you with the big green dub. I mean. Which makes it much better actually yeah i'm pretty sure i've seen it once on fan subbed once on funimation's dvd once big green and then team four star and they get better or worse each time yeah i don't know which word is correct all right heath what do you think both correct four and 11 or gt or do you want to just not answer the question like i did um i would say let's see which is the worst all right, so we'll rank the. I would say movie four is the worst mm-hmm. out of those. Then I would say GT and then movie 11. I think out of all of them, I'd rather watch movie 11. I agree. I agree entirely. Gary wants to know, and we already have answers for this. Favorite supporting character or favorite character that only appeared in a single anime episode? He was in two, but oh. I mean, my answer is always going to be a pool. Frieza soldier, pick a number. It's Frieza soldier... A or B? I can't a. remember which one is my favorite. I don't know. Which one? You actually have a favorite out of the two? Yeah, it's the one I got the um, 
Frieza's Force figure four. I think it was A. It probably was. A is better than B anyway. I don't remember which is which, but let's say him. Is there anyone else? Any other like random one-off characters? There really aren't a whole lot of characters that just appear in one episode. Except for early on, more in Dragon All right, Ball. I got one for you. The little blind boy that's healed by Majin Buu. Ooh, that's a good one. I think that's a great, great story. And I'm sorry I don't remember who it is, but someone had the great comment with regard to the Dragon Ball online timeline. And that is... Did anyone ever tell him the milk was made of people? They really should have. Poor kid has no idea. <laughs> oh, man. Um. All right. See, Heath, you get a man up here. I've got a joke answer and I've got a real answer. Come on. Do I need both? <laughs> Maybe. Um. Well, let's see. We have the bear bandit. Ah, bear with beginning. sword. Yes. My number three. And um, probably I'm going to go with fish in episode one. <laughs> no. My my legitimate answer, and this one, you know, you can take it for what it's worth, but the, because he technically appears in two episodes, but the Saber Tiger, yes. because he appears uh, at the beginning of both yep, series, yep. and I just think that's fucking hilarious. I thought that was a great, great toss back. He's a good character. I'm pretty sure I wrote a mini fin- fanfic about him going into space at some point. I'm sure you did. Uh, can he breathe in space? No, I, I did a little Photoshop. I put a space helmet on him. Oh my God. <laughs> this stuff needs to exist. It's up on the forum somewhere. This is there's electronic record of this. This is what happens when you give me questions to answer. Um, oh geez, we're gonna move on down here to Darren wants to know after playing Raging Blast 2 yesterday for the first time in many, many months and not enjoying it. Has there been anything you've reviewed or looked at in a podcast episode and revisited since to find your opinion has changed? I enjoyed Raging Blast when I first played it. I thought it was so much better than the first game, but Revisiting it, I found Raging Blast 2 to have very clunky controls and the two-player mode to be extremely repetitive. Uh, Heath, I guess we're going to have to limit it to video games here because, I mean, I guess your okay. opinion on movies and chapters and stuff could change. But and I don't know how deep you go into the video game pool, but have there been any that you've played and revisited and your thoughts have changed? Um. Oh, what was uh the Wii game? Um. Uh, Daibokin Revenge yes, of King Daibouken. Piccolo. Yes, I um I played that when I first got it, and I just you know I got up to to Tao Pai Pai, uh-huh. and I was just like, oh screw this. So I don't think I played it for like six months, and I came back and I I I beat Tao Pai Pai, and then I just cruised through the rest of the game. <laughs> I really enjoyed it and well, had a lot of fun. After that, I'm pretty sure it goes to almost exclusively just fights, not even stages anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was the big difference. And oh. I really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I stayed up one night for like six hours and just played it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I was in college at the time. Oh, that does something. So. Yeah. More time, more time. Man, I don't know that my opinion has really changed on any games. I feel like I'm at a point where I can read these games pretty well, and I'm either going to know that I like it and it'll stay that way. I do continue to pop in games a couple times a year. I still pop in Super DBZ. I still pop in Sparking Meteor every so often. I think after playing Ultimate Tenkaichi for a while, it popped in Raging Blast 2 just to be like, hey, remember when I could control my characters? That was that was a good time. That was nice, yeah. wasn't it? So nothing's really significantly changed. I think the only thing I could toss in here that's kind of relevant is I flip-flop on what I think has been my favorite of the PS2 games, and I flip between Budokai 3 and Super DBZ. Super DBZ is the better game. I love it as a game, but Budokai 3 has the single-player experience in my memory grand times and i also did it twice once in the american release and then once again in the japanese release when i got my japanese ps2 so i have lots of great memories playing through that game in that capacity so they both occupy kind of a a similar mind space for me but if i was to play a game to play a good game i would go with super dbz so i don't know if that sort of answers the question my opinion didn't really change but i kind of flip-flop a little bit and my outlook on those Mm -hmm. it's all about nostalgia it is it is and we're not immune to it either but i think we do our best to at least put it in perspective or at least note it damien wants to know how do i wipe my memory of gt therapy alcohol or just wait until the onset of dementia with old age um all the above yeah and if they all happen at the same time good for you golden p.s still love the podcasts 
I don't know. What do you mean by still love? Like, are they not good anymore? Well, but you still them like at them? One point, and now he still loves them. Okay. Um, I don't know. Now, now I'm really insecure about It's an ongoing show. love. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. It's an undying love. Mike. All right. We got a few more here. Heath, why don't you read? Uh, I don't know. Who's next? Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan wants to know, I've always wondered how the Dragon Ball movies were theatrically exhibited in Japan. Could you just go to a theater and buy a ticket to watch them like we do today? They're awfully short to be their own movie-going experience, it seems. Wikipedia says something about the films being shown at festivals but it doesn't elaborate on what that means do you guys know anything more about this it's actually a combination yes it is a combination please explain mike (laughs) well they debuted at things called and the the name of them would change from year to year but usually like toei anime festival or toei anime fair Mm -hmm. um and the dragon ball movies in particular were almost always double features with something else so that kind of yes. made up for the short runtime on them. You would go in and you would watch two in a row. Uh, Heath, what were some of the ones that Dragon Ball played alongside? Like a Slam Dunk movie one year? Yeah, they do a Slam Dunk. Uh, they actually, one year, they did Pink. Oh, that's right. Another, the other Toriyama one. Yep. So that was done by Toriyama. Um, they would very uh, every once in a while it'd be with a Doctor Slump, right? Right. So it, if they could, they try to group it with some other Toriyama right. property. But uh, I know it did Slam Dunk like three or four times, right. and it was just so, that time period. But yeah, then at the same time, we've got folks like our buddy, like we were mentioning earlier, K Seventeen, who said local theater you could go down to and watch the movies and sometimes it'd even be in four by three at the local theater yep and it'd, it'd just be whatever print they gave that theater yeah. but yeah essentially they'd have these exhibits where that's where they would premiere so all the premiere dates that you see say on wikipedia or Konzentai or daisenshu ex those are all the festival premiere dates and i believe even on both sites we note which festival yeah, it premiered the premiered at yeah and then at the same time maybe say a week later then they would be available in your local theater and you could just go buy a ticket watch them and it would be grouped together with that movie and you will see every once in a while the movie posters mm-hmm. half of them will be the dragon ball movie and the other half of the poster will be something else that is the movie that it premiered with that you could also see in movie theaters with that Dragon Ball movie. Yep. Ta-da! Great answer. Yay. So Joao wants to know, possibility of a new Dragon Ball series a la Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood while we're alive? Lol. Uh, you just have to throw a lol on that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. So really we're asking here kind of what Kai could have been, but a redone version. I don't know that we'll see that. I think at this point, if we're going to get something new, it's going to continue to be new. New, new, yeah. not redone. Right, new. right. You think so? I would have to agree with that. And by the time they were going to completely redo the series, I think at this point it would it would be so far down the road that I don't even know how many fans from these generations would even yeah. you know be around. Dragon Ball's in a sticky situation because they Because they screwed it up. Yeah, that's the thing. Because they did something and it didn't do as well as it could have been, I think they kinda blew their chances of doing a brotherhood for Dragon Ball. And at this point it's gonna have to just be short new material. Mm-hmm. All right. Brett wants to know, how many foreign Dragon Ball DVDs do you own? For example, I have a Spanish volume of DBZ and Taiwanese DVDs of Dragon Ball Movie 4 and DBZ Movies 11 and 12. Heath, what do you got for foreign stuff? Well, this is like a weird setup because technically all the Japanese stuff I have is foreign. foreign. I know. So, <laughs> um, so uh, well, I basically own everything in Japanese. Yeah. Um, I have a weird Hong Kong knockoff that I got for like five bucks. Sweet. And... The subtitles are hilarious. Awesome. And it's in Chinese. We've <laughs> or you can we've got some old in. One Piece ones of those where Sanji is sun kissed. It's pretty amazing. Oh gosh. Um, let's see. What do I, what else do I have? I would have to look. I, I have a lot of stuff that's um let's let's say not not legal that I got at a flea market just because they're hilarious Hells yeah, knockoffs. That's right. I've got a couple of the big green, uh, thanks to my good friend Corey. Nice, nice. I think I have one from Mexico, if I remember right. Yeah, okay. But I'd have to look. Cool. And I think that's about all I have. All right. Well, this is kind of a perfect lead into my Movie One collection, which oh, I God. did recently post on Facebook. So I think I'd rather just link to that. And there's a, I know someone did a great guess of which all of them were. And I think they only were one off in that list. 
list there. But in addition to those, I've got some big green stuff. At one point, I had a French VHS of the first three episodes, and the cover was Super Vegeta Punching Second Form Cell. Uh, I don't know why I sold that, but I sold that at some point. I had some GT Cantonese VCDs. I think Rachel bought one of those at some point. Again, I don't know why I sold that, but I did at some point. Uh, All the movie ones. I've got German stuff. I've got... Portuguese stuff. Uh, I think I've got some Spain of those, their own Spain Dragon Box DVDs. I got some of those. Uh, I got stuff. We yeah. we both have lots of stuff. Jose wants to know really about the Blu-rays. If the Dragon Boxes are coming out, do you think they might go back into print with the Blu-rays? At this point, the Blu-rays as, I was going to say as is, but as were, those are done, right? I mean, they're not going to go back to exactly how they were doing those. Mm, yeah, they're not going to go back and to the way that's they were. the point they of why they at some point continue but they will not be what they were yeah the whole point of the fact that they suspended them as is was we can't continue in this capacity as is so because we don't want to go bankrupt right to, oh uh all right let's cruise through the last of these colton wants to know favorite story arc favorite story arc uh 23rd budo kai oh yeah my standard answer is 23rd well it's a toss-up between 23rd budo kai and the cell game the cell game isn't even really an arc it's just a bunch of dudes fighting so mm-hmm. i guess i gotta go with 23rd budo kai because it's just a, a great follow-up so good it's good it's got great fights but it's also this culmination of all the piccolo daimao stuff and goku having this true arch nemesis for the first time but it's also a great follow-up on the 22nd budokai because now tension han and chaozu are buddies but he's still got this amazing rivalry with goku but it's already just so immediately surpassed by piccolo and so he comes to grips mm-hmm. with that and yamcha's got a sort of no he doesn't do anything and I think it's a nice setup. It for is kind of what's going to come totally because it really catches you off guard. Then, all right, we have uh, Red Slang. What would you want from an episode of Bardock Dose? Uh, and he's got some thoughts there. Um, he does I? I already explained how to fix episode of Bardock, and that's kind of what I want. I want slaughter out in space. Just utter slaughter. Just utter slaughter. Just Bardock is flying through space, destroying galaxies. He is the Dark Phoenix of Dragon Ball. All right. I'm sold. Where do I put my money? <laughs> See, you just got to let me write it. Do you have anything else you want to say with regard to that? Um, I, uh, He does mention in here uh, something about, let's see, during the uprising, Bardock turned something like Golden Ozaru. Did but you just say Ozaru? Ozaru. I thought I said O. You, you said O, but it, We're gonna <laughs> you're saying like to Naruto style of it. Naruto. Say Ozaru. I'm done. I'm done, Mike. <laughs> this is it. All right. You don't want to answer anything else. You're done. No, we'll 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 keep going. Uh, let's see here. We got Anthony at the end of the entire story. Who's officially still living? Family and alien. Well, to find end of story, because I mean, we see yeah, who's alive. I, Do you want to jump ahead to like age one thousand and Dragon Ball Online? Because I don't know, Kamisenin's probably around. Karin's probably around. Dende's probably around. We know Dende and Popo are around. Um. Mm and Goten and Trunks and they're all around. And... Or you could fast forward and just say everybody's dead. Okay, everyone's dead. Uh, and that's really it. I think we answered. Is that it? Are we all, done? <laughs> all the actual questions here that we're gonna answer. Good job, man. Thanks. You know, these are fun. I mean, they're a little draining, but I like to gotta jump all over the yeah, place. Yeah. It's Keep not on just toes. one set thing. That's right. Uh, but apparently everyone wants to know about GT now, so we need to really brush Ugh, up on it. Alright, I'm, I'm not gonna promise that we'll get to that review next week, but I'm gonna try my damnedest. It's schedules and workloads are preventing us from doing what we want to do so folks if you have Mm -hmm. questions comments all that stuff we do have a thread on our forum for each and every episode you can respond there you can ask questions there do follow up there twitter as well twitter.com we are at d-a-i-z-e-x and facebook.com slash d-a-i-z-e-x as dies e x the e and the x are separate that's where you can go to learn and do all that stuff before we wrap up the show we're gonna just take care of that contest you got one more week We are doing a random drawing contest. All you got to do is send an email to contest at dizex.com. C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Throw something up in the subject. Throw something in the body. That is your official entry to win the March 2012 Psycho Jump. You do get the magazine in addition to the DVD. We will send you both of those things. In addition. To yes. 
Um, if you want to, to potentially have your email read on the show next week, you don't get any extra entries into the contest for it. But I think we said we're going to read the best five. Julian decided that if you write a 100 word or less composition that ends in a pun, we'll read the best five next week on the show. Get into your contest entries by March 3rd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. That is your deadline. Again, we're giving away that March Psycho Jump with the bonus DVD. Uh, let's call it a night, man. I think we have to. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I am. I don't know who you are. I don't know what I'm doing. But I do know that uh, tomorrow is Tuesday. It is. It is Tuesday. I had a good time. I mean, I prefer putting our attention and focus on deep, engaging, awesome topics week in, week out. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just want to drink a blue moon and answer questions with you. Well, you know, I'm always up to doing that. Good, good. I'm sorry we lost Mary when we hit the Facebook questions. I think she would have had some good answers but uh you know breathing is also a good thing to do so uh, well he was able to like accomplish that when she lives i'm gonna go upstairs and my wife will have been dead for the last hour don't say that <laughs> did i really just say that on the podcast that's awful i didn't mean i that. think you did i'm not projecting did. these things no no i love her she's alive she's playing katamari and scratching cats and good times uh heath thank you sir for joining this is a weird ass show but thank you man for yes, joining yes, me is. here on the thanks show. for having me it's been a pleasure we'll do this again and i did tell you i have topics as well. i know so i know we'll we've got character designer things we want to talk about and artists and good stuff next week is episode 291 it's a magical Woo! number and i think it would be wonderfully ironic if on 291 we happen to talk about gt something's very strange about that well you know there is an episode preview for it at the end of 291 that's so. right <laughs> i don't know maybe we'll do an episode preview for 292 it's kind of strange uh so cons and ties sure give it a, a words whatever you know what i'm talking about yeah i think people know where we are but they can find us at constantai.com k-a-n-z-e-n-t-a-i.com there are two n's and go there now <laughs> excellent all right so thank you again sir thanks for having me mike all right so for heath over there for mary upstairs for julian off in japan heath for your buddy jake off at comes and tie as well my name is mike vegito ex this is 290 of our podcast we'll see you next week 291 it's been a hell of a ride uh stuff good times listening podcasts dragon ball have a wonderful week folks i'm going to bed later i sent you ex to nakamatachi hate when you say those things and as you're saying them you're like i need to not be saying this too late one of those moments